Morning. Morning. Good to see you all. Well, I'm very honored and thankful for the opportunity to share this message with you to mark Bethany's 60th anniversary. It truly is uh, something that Kathy and I have wonderful, many fond memories on about our time here. And so it's nice for us to return for a weekend, take part in the celebration last night. I'll take part in the three wonderful worship services this morning. I do want to say that um, it's nice to see some old faces. Now, I don't know if you're old or not, maybe I should say familiar faces, but it's, it's nice to see people that I know from my past. And it's also pretty wonderful for me to see a lot of you that I have no idea who you are. And that's a praise God event. That there are so many people here now making Bethany their home that have made this now their worship place for uh, the last eight years plus that I've been gone. I think it would be horrible if I didn't see faces that are new to me. If, if I knew everybody here this morning that, I, that is here, that would be a shame. And that's not even close to the truth. There's a lot of wonderful, praise God, truly, faces that are new to me. Uh, unfamiliar. I'm glad you're part of this church. I'm glad this church is still about the business of God's kingdom, growing God's kingdom, bringing people in to hear the gospel message. So, again, it's, I think it's fantastic that a lot of you are complete strangers to me because that's, like I said, that's a that's a representation of, of how God is at work among Bethany Lutheran Church. I do want to also say I want to thank you for uh, maybe your understanding because. Uh, I'm sitting, as you can tell, and I sit every Sunday when I preach. I also sit to distribute communion. I stand at other times when I can lean on the altar, what have you. But the uh, reason I'm sitting now is because I have been, I've contracted multiple sclerosis. And honestly, through it all, I really mean this. And I think people believe me. I, I, I'm thankful because while things are harder and I move slower and things, life's more of a challenge, I'm still walking. I'm still mobile. I can still do everything I want to do, just not as fast as I could, but I, I have not been hindered in any way from doing the work that's before me. So well, thanks for allowing me to just kind of sit while I preach to you this morning. So let's get going. Grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Picking and choosing who you serve may make serving easy, but should it be? Because picking and choosing who you serve by default also means you're picking and choosing who not to serve. And that's a problem. Because God doesn't pick and choose who he serves and takes care of and provides for and blesses and loves, his mercy extends to all. Yet, it's important we note that Scripture also tells us how important it is that we serve those around us, our family, our friends, and even well beyond that. And serving is just another way that we can visibly make appearance to the world around us our faith. 
It might be difficult to always share our faith, but we can share our love, we can share our service and share our humility for God's people, and that's a, a wonderful thing to be able to do. Now, as you can tell, my message this morning is going to be based on serving and service and humility, based on the gospel reading I was given for today to mark this special day in Bethany's history. And we'll get to Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 and 12 again in a little bit, but first... I want to begin this morning by talking about what it means to be great. Now, I personally think that word should be used sparingly. For someone to be considered great, they better stand out within the crowd. And I admit there are a lot of things at which I am not great. For example, I am no scientist. If you need some kind of new cure or vaccine for any kind of illness that's out there, some kind of cancer vaccine to give to children so they don't get cancer as they grow up, don't look to me. No idea how research and that kind of stuff even works. Or even sending people to to space. You know, we got SpaceX right by where we live. We hear the rockets going off all the time, but don't ask me to work there. I'm running about it. I'm rocketry, all that kind of stuff. That's, That's way beyond me. But... Aren't we all thankful for those who have those gifts, who are great at their crafts, and bless us through them? The new discoveries in medicine, the new treatments, the new things we're learning about space. Yeah, I couldn't do any of that myself, but aren't we all very appreciative of those who take the time they've been given, their skills, their gifts, and develop them for our benefit? Also, I am no great singer. To take my word for that, I'm not. I'm kind of offended that David never asked me to sing here, but he was smart not to do so. But like y'all, I, I, I like singing when the time is right, maybe in the car or watching something on TV or whatever the case might be, but not great at singing, yet thankful for those who are. Those are the people who cut albums and seeing within movies and on television and things like that. And we get to enjoy what they are blessed to be able to do and share with us. And again, there are people, again, maybe just a few, who we could truly say are great at singing. Athletics, oh, my professional career stopped in high school. Nothing beyond that. Enjoyed it, like maybe a lot of us, but... No scholarship to college for any kind of sport or anything. Wasn't talented enough. Wasn't near great enough. Yet, you go to DKR and you watch those people playing football. Or you watch on TV the Olympics, men and women, all the different sports, what they can do. Professionals, in so many cases. And how fast they are, how strong they are, and how they contort their body to make it work for them. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's great. That there are those people that we can just sit and watch and enjoy what they can do for our entertainment or maybe for even our teams. Another one would be acting. No actor. Not really ever interested that much into it. I was in the play Grease in high school. It was a very small part. had like two lines. I think it was also one of the productions here at Bethany. Again, uh, just on here actually in this on the stage setting for just a couple of minutes so I'll never uh, be recognized as this great actor 
But aren't we thankful for those who are? Who just kind of suck us in, make us truly believe they are that person they are pro portraying. And we watch them in cinema, we watch them in other productions, and it's like, it's no wonder that these are the people who keep winning the greatest awards all the time. They are great at their craft, they are great at acting. Now, something else, though, that I think has got to be shared, which is wonderfully good news each and every one of us is great. And I'm not trying to building up anything that I'm trying to, you know, make you feel good about yourself. I mean, biblically, you are great. Because we give thanks for the opportunity that we have to say that we can also say that that's what humility is all about. Because humility is, in a sense, what it means to show greatness. And Jesus talks about that today. Now, humility, the, the gift of it, um, Honestly, it goes against human nature. As far as I'm concerned, it does. Now, I'm not saying we don't all know people who are humble and gentle and lowly and meek, and maybe we are as well. I'm not saying that, but of, of all the people on the planet, as far as just human nature goes, humility doesn't always come easy. It's easy to be more concerned about who I see in the mirror, more about myself. I care about me. You can take care of yourself, good luck with that, but I'm not going to worry too much about it because I'm already busy, I'm already, my time is taken up in taking care of the things I need to take care of, which is not what Christ wants us to live at all in our hearts and what God wants for his children as well. You know, humility, it reminds me of a, a story, and I don't know if this is even real or not, but I read it some time ago and I just remembered it, that there was a woman who wanted to go on an African safari and so she was then able to and part of the safari they stopped by a hospital for lepers and the safari group got out and walked around and while they were there that wealthy woman saw one of the nurses kind of treating and cleaning and bandaging one of the leper's bodily infections. And that wealthy woman, she said, kind of under her breath, but loud enough for some to hear, I wouldn't do that for all the money in the world. But the nurse heard her, and she replied, neither, neither would I. You can't get me to do this for all the money in the world because that's not why I'm doing it in the first place. I have the opportunity to help. I have the opportunity to serve. I have the opportunity to take care of people who can't take care of themselves. I can set myself aside and tend to them in ways that will make them feel better, hurt less, and maybe get them on the mend. The wealthy woman, same thing. I, there's not enough money in the planet for me to do that job. That's where she was. She didn't have the heart of humility. The nurse that day had the true heart of humility, setting herself aside and taking care of someone else. And you've got to admit, that's a pretty great thing. Now that honestly brings us to today's gospel reading. So let's look again at just Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 and 12. But Jesus said, the greatest among you will be your servant, and whoever humbles himself 
will be exalted. The words of Christ. Now, in that short passage, we're not told to whom Jesus was speaking, but we're told elsewhere in that longer text that Jesus was speaking to the crowds. Now, the disciples were there, so we know some of the names of some of the people who were there, but the rest of the people who Jesus was speaking to in that day, nameless, faceless people, totally, and we'll never know their names, at least in this life. But I also believe that when Jesus was speaking to the crowd that day, he was talking to us. The same thing he said there to the people in his presence at that time is still as timely and important to us this day about the greatest among you will be your servant and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Don't those words still ring out truthfully today? Can't we say the same thing now? That if we were to live that way, honestly, totally, completely, as the people of God, Jesus is saying we would be pleasing God. That's within our realm of capability. We can do those things. We can humble ourselves. We can have others exalted. We can put others ahead of ourselves. That's not hard. It's just called lowering yourselves and raising other people up. And that's what Jesus is saying all along here. Humility, gentleness, meekness, kindness, a servant's heart. All for the good of God's kingdom as you exemplify your faith to the people in your life. Now, I'm going to say it again because it kind of applies here. That, that Jesus, while Jesus spoke that, and of course he's the son of God and God himself. That kind of teaching isn't really the kind of teaching you're going to hear in this world. To be great, be humble. To be great, be a servant. Let me ask you this. Who is great in this world? I'm sure... It's people who are maybe the loudest, the most intelligent, the most athletic, maybe the, the wealthiest. People have ways of standing out when it comes to crowds. Maybe it's just the person who talks the most. But because people are willing to listen, they're considered great. But that mindset of this world. You want to be great, you make your own way. You want to be great, you stand out. You want to be great, you put yourself above other people. Just doesn't work with God. Doesn't work with Christ. You want to be great to God, be humble. You want to be great to God, exalt others ahead of yourself. Not yourself, not your needs, not your wants, not your desires, not your wishes, not your will, but God's will. That's what God would have us be all about as we look at the words of Jesus Christ himself. Now, the beautiful text that he says there, I also believe that there's one more thing we've got to say about that. Now, you always talk about the who, what, where, when, why, how aspects of many things, right? Well, for that, we know the who. Jesus was the speaker. We also know the who. He was speaking to the crowd. We know the what. We know exactly what he said. It's right there. But I think in order for that to really hit us where we live, what's important for us, we need to talk about the when. And the when for that is 72 hours. Now, what does that mean? Did Jesus preach that day or those days 
for 72 hours on humility? Did he talk for 72 hours put together during his ministry about how great it is to be a servant? Not that at all. It's 72 hours because of what was coming. When Jesus spoke those words, it was a Tuesday. Now, Tuesdays are really kind of no big deal, right? I mean, Tuesdays are kind of like Wednesdays and Thursdays, middle of the week. They had no feel to them. Weekends have a feel. Mondays have a feel. Fridays have a feel. Tuesdays don't. This happened to be the Tuesday of Passion Week or Tuesday of Holy Week that Jesus spoke those words. So we can say, well, we know what was coming for him as he also knew what was coming for him, that he would be hanging on the cross in three days, in 72 hours, after speaking those words. I think when you add in that factor as well, it becomes even more beautiful. Because you don't have Jesus, who, who knew the cross was coming. He prophesied it multiple times. He knew that the death was at hand. You don't have Jesus throwing some kind of self-pity party. Oh, you all should feel bad for me. I'm going to die in a couple days. Oh, aren't you sorry for me? I'm going to have nails in my hands and feet in, a, in just a, a few days. Oh, you, you should really kind of do what you can to make me feel good right now because I know it's coming and I'm not excited about it. Not at all. Not at all. Here he was, 72 hours, three days before the cross, and he's teaching to the end, telling God's people what God expects of them, what God wants of them, what, what God deserves to see in them. He completely sets himself aside for the sake of making known to the people there that day, the crowd that day, this is what God would like from you as you call yourselves the people of God. Now, I'll be honest with you. If I know I'm going to be crucified in three days, I hate tell it out of there. You won't find me. I will be so long gone. Good luck. Not Jesus. He accepted his Father's will. He carried his cross. He died upon it. Nails, eventually spear, crown of thorns on his head for us, for our sake, for our forgiveness, for our freedom from the sin that so much haunts us daily in our lives. Christ knew why he came into our world to die in our place for the forgiveness of our sins. And even though he knew it was days away, more than hours away, he went that way. He laid his life down. He sacrificed himself, shed his blood for you and me and all of us, and all confess Christ as Lord. See that we have been redeemed, we've been rescued, we have been saved in being the people of God because we believe that what Jesus Christ did on that cross was for us. He knew it was coming, he didn't run from it, he went to it and saved us, made us his people through what he underwent. How perfect and holy, I, I'm still, I still in my presence, I, I, am, I am shocked how God wants us in his, I don't know if it's called a life or in God's existence. I still wonder why Jesus died for us. The one sinless person ever. It, it makes no sense to me. I'm, I'm truly boggled. Why does this perfect God love us so much unendingly? But he does. 
And he carried it out to his son who was dead three days after saying this. Our thanks, our gratefulness, that's what's unending. Because even though we'll never be able to comprehend what drove God to such lengths, we're blessed by it. We're thankful for it. And we know that God takes care of us through it. That's honestly kind of what we're talking about today, though, isn't it? 60 years? 60 years here at Bethany? You know, that's a long time, six decades. I remember the 40th anniversary, a Saturday night dinner at the Manshack Gym, which was wonderful, and then worship the next day. And the 50th, which was a very big deal, it's a big, big one to celebrate. It was right here, and it was wonderful as well. But 60 years now, that's pretty good. 60 years of Bethany being a blessing to her people. 60 years of Bethany being a blessing to her community. 60 years of God blessing Bethany. And you think about that, about what you have inherited as the recipients of 60 years. How many people whose names you'll never know, who were very busy, the starting, the founding of this congregation 60 years ago, the first chairman of the congregation, the first council, the first elders, the first Sunday school teachers, who we can't name, we don't know who they are. We inherit their work. We receive their work because we simply continue what they began so we can hand it off to the next generation beyond us so Bethany can be 70, 80, 90, 100, 150 years being God's people, humble, lowly, servant people that God has called us to be. How gracious and loving our God is. I celebrate 60 years with you. I'm glad I'm a very small part of the one person. My wife makes two of us. Our kids make four of us. But we love this place. But just a part of it. Because Bethany is writing her own story. She is you. We give thanks to God for who he has called to be his children. Now I want to leave you this morning with a very simple thought. I've been talking about serving and humility and Jesus actually spoke about serving multiple times, not just in today's text from Matthew 23, but elsewhere he said, you cannot serve both God and money. And I think those are the two topics he chose because they're probably the two most powerful beings in this world. Nothing stacks up against God. The creator of all that is, the one who's more powerful than all of us put together, who with his incredible strength and might and almightiness just sees to it that he takes care of his children. Nothing compares to God. But, hate to say it, money might come close. Because people love it. People worship it. People chase it. People love it. So, we give thanks that we know that where our hearts are, there are services. So if these two gods, there's only one that's real, our triune God, whom we give thanks that we believe in, trust in, follow, let impact us to be the people of God, how thankful we are as God's people to say, yes, the world in which I live throws many gods at me, always trying to get me to turn my back on God. We say, not going to happen. I know the truth. I know God, 
I know the Father, I know His Son, I know what His Son has done for me. And because of that, I am a child of God. And how very blessed I am to be able to say that. Whether we're new to this place or banished since the beginning. To God be the glory. Amen.